It is Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. My name is Trevor Plouffe. Chris Rose is somewhere doing NFL Network stuff, so he's got the day off. I got my fellow Roman-nosed buddy here, Jerry Blevins. You know I love him, even though he's a pitcher because he was a reliever. Jerry, how you doing, man? I'm great, man. Thank you for giving me the reliever status because we, you know, like position players, we lace them spikes up every day, ready to play some ball. So uh, first of all, happy birthday, big guy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The pod god, Trevor Plouffe, birthday. You get a fresh fade too? Dude, me and you are diced up Dude, right today, now. Dude, I today, I have no idea what mine looks like. I ran from nice. the barber to make sure I was here on time. Um this is a little bit more structured. I get like uh, some leeway with Shea Station and Jolly. I can I can bump it a, a minute or two, but here you got to be on time. I love it. Got to be on time. You got a nice cut. I see. I think that's the John Boy tie dye uh, shirt you got going there. Yes, Chris sir. always explains my outfit, so I'm doing that to you. You look great today. Chain Thank popped. You, sir. No not, deal, Jerry. Not normally my style with the tie dye. I'm normal like a solid color. You know. Keep it simple, maybe a collared shirt kind of thing. But this is these shirts are incredible. My wife loves it, so I rock it. If you're audio only, might be worth the YouTube click to see Jerry today. <laughs> he looks pretty, pretty good. But we got a lot of topics, a lot of great baseball to talk about. Uh, let's start off with, I don't know if you call it a disappointment. Probably you do call it a disappointment if you're uh, Miles Michaelis. He lost his no-no on a 2-2 count. Two outs after 129 pitches versus Pittsburgh first let's talk a little bit about the outing Jerry and then tell me what he's feeling on the mound there oh my goodness yeah so first of all shout out to to Cardinals manager Oliver Marmol for giving him that opportunity this is what we've kind of been begging for since um uh since Kershaw got pulled with that perfect game uh, we were like, give a guy a chance. The Mets, you know, that I covered had a combined no hitter, which I could care less about. Um, I really like it's not a thing because it's multiple people. This you felt that kind of, you know, rise. You felt the impact of every inning, every pitch. And then to have it two two with a, he threw a really good pitch. He made a good play on it. Uh, that's a heartbreaker, dude. Heartbroken. Yeah, it was a good pitch. Uh the batter went down. Dan, who was the batter? Look that up and tell us in the chat, please. The batter goes down and gets it. And I think that's why Bader um, kind of – I think he probably could have got to that ball. It was Cal Mitchell. Thank you, Dan. Um, but the way the, – where the pitch was, I think Bader read like a softer line drive towards him and ends up going right over his glove in center field, bounces for the ground roll double. Um, but they end up getting the victory. The Cardinals are playing some really, really good ball. And it's, you know, it's on the strength of their pitching. And on my birthday, coming back for them, like they even need this, is Jack Flaherty. So the Cardinals are, are riding high right now. If you're a Cardinals fan, uh, we've been saying this for a couple of weeks now. This team feels elite. Like this isn't a Cardinals team that's going to like, you know, find their way into the playoffs and see what happens. This is a Cardinals team with the way that Goldschmidt is playing, with the way, uh, you know, with Arenado over there at third base, and now the pitching staff doing what they're doing, the young guys doing what they're doing. It, they're kind of complete. They're one of the more complete teams in baseball right now. And I think it's fun when the Cardinals are good like this. It's, I think it's good for baseball. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, heartbroken for, for miles Michaelis. Cause it's, you may never, ever get that opportunity again. The big leagues, you saw it like in Wainwright's reaction, 
how like how much anticipation holding on to that it was. But I love what you said about the Cardinals. They are elite and they have room to grow, which is kind of scary because uh, Arenado's kind of had a little bit of a lull. You, you're talked about Flaherty coming back. Uh, Nolan Gorman has been a, a revelation and Tyler O'Neill hasn't even really become the guy that we've, we've known to, to love about him. Uh, they are a very good team and they do look elite. And it's always good when you have at least one really good team from the Midwest to, you know, to prop up the whole country. So I, I love it. I like that. We're not coastal elitists here, but 129 <laughs> pitches. You like that. Is it more, if you're a manager, a pitching coach, you're, you're watching the pitcher out there, is it more about, you know, like stressful innings, uh, laborious pitches? That's the second time I've used that word in the last two days. Is that what it's about more so than the count of pitches? Absolutely. You know, obviously the number at some point has an effect because you're you're expending an, an amazing amount of energy and, and you're, every throw that you make is a little bit closer to being, you know, dangerous. But you, you talked about it. It's those high leverage, those, you know, those stressful innings, those stressful pitches when there's runners on, it's late in the game. You know, those are the ones that you count up. And, and really, you know, outside of an error where the, the run ended up scoring on a ground ball, he had a pretty smooth sailing. You're starting to get around that point to where, you know, he's not in the, in the uh, Johan Santana level but it's you're getting close to where you're like all right we'll start thinking about it but at that point it shouldn't even have been a bother nobody's thinking about the the pitch count because he looked strong and he still made a really good pitch he looked great it's all about your eye test as a manager at that point two two man like he was trying to bounce it right there it was in the lower part of the strike zone it was back door as well like he down and got that yeah, you got to give credit to Cal, man. You know what? As a hitter, Jerry, that, that feels amazing. You'd never want to be the guy. Like Gabe Kapler, I think, has been no hit a couple of times, and I think he made the last out at least once. I, it's just – it's it's you don't want to be the, the guy that you're just like, you know, when a team's celebrating. It's like the opposite of a uh, – you know, I've been walked off before in my career. That's a lonely spot to be in because you're like, all right, everybody's celebrating in front of you and you got to like meander around a group of piled up guys. A little bit like that with less pressure, though. I'm going to actually counter your statement because I did get no hit um, against the Angels, Jared Weaver on the mound in Anaheim. And I came from the same area as Jared. So like I've followed this guy forever. And when it happened, I was happy for him. I mean, I know that oh, you're not supposed good. to feel that way, but I was like, this is pretty cool. You know, I it saw his emotion. Cool. And yeah. it's not like he he knocked you out, you know, 27 times. He did this against your entire team of, of big league hitters. Yeah, and I pumped him a few times later in my career. No big deal. <laughs> Let's move on. I was at a game yesterday. I uh, went and saw the Dodgers-Angels freeway series. Uh, thank you to Drew Butera for leaving me some tickets and some field passes. That was really cool. Uh, but the guy on the mound is actually a great pitching matchup too, Jared. It's Thor versus Catterday, Tony Gonsolin and Noah Syndergaard. Gonsolin was absolutely filthy last night. I think he went six and a third, had six Ks, only one hit. ERA down to one five four. When do we start talking about this guy as like ace material? Again, not like the Dodgers need this guy, but actually maybe they do need him. Bueller's out. We know the whole Bauer situation. He gone. Uh, you got him. You got Urias. You got uh, Anderson. And you got missing one guy. Who am I missing? Kershaw. Kershaw. That guy. I've heard of but, him. But 
Gosselin, kind of an afterthought. One four two. Thank you, Alden. One four two ERA. Uh, Gosselin, the beginning of the season, kind of an afterthought. He's pitched like an ace. What do you see out of him, and do you expect it to continue moving forward? Um, I, I don't see why it can't continue. You know, I look at what he's got. He's got you know nothing stands out as electric you know he's he's not like a, a high velo like a dusted may that has just special stuff but everything that he throws is really good and he knows what he's doing he's able to pitch kind of like you know Nestor Cortez in 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 the Bronx he's my outside of Jacob deGrom I love watching Nestor Cortez pitch because it's crafty he's got good stuff but he's also having fun with it Gonsolin is like I looked at that that baseball reference page. There is a lot of bold stuff. You know, ERA, ERA plus, whip. His whip is 0.821. And more importantly for me, why it's sustainable is hits. He's given up four and a half hits per nine. That is wild. That's you're doing special things. I don't see why it isn't sustainable, and I'm glad that you brought it up to talk about it because I've kind of been like maybe it'll catch up to him because nobody talks about him. I haven't given him the respect that he's due, and I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because he needs it and deserves it. People who listen to our stuff know the uh, Crespi alumni game story, but I'll give it again because this is another you know example of Tony Gonson being disrespected. I thought he was an alumni of my high school, and I asked him, hey, bro, do you want to pitch? Because I saw the ball coming out of this guy's hand. It was electric okay that might have started this whole thing off for him like this jabroni here covers baseball doesn't even know who i am uh, but last night dude he was tearing through it had command of at least three pitches you know he had like the curveball slurve thing the splitter was nasty and then he was just dotting the heater up wherever he wanted up and into trout down and away the next pitch anywhere he wanted to throw that thing he did and man a third time through the order, I told the guys I was with, I was like, look, this is a test for him because this lineup is really good. Taylor Ward did hit the ball pretty hard. It was Taylor Ward, Trout, Otani, three bangers in a row, and he just went through them. Otani had the only hit against him, line drive, uh, but Catterday, man. Meow. He's got eight W's on the meow tweet now, eight and O. Oh. Shout out, bro. Shout out, Goose, my guy. Yeah. Tip of the cap to you. You're doing something special, and I, I do think it's sustainable, man. He does it in a fun way he knows what he's doing where to put the ball and he's got four pitches that he uses regularly and so it's not reliant upon any one thing that he just really good and and the standing ovation as he gets pulled last night hopefully we'll see that again at the all-star game people yes. in la would love to see that uh moving on a little less happy news we're talking about fernando tatis he had a ct scan the Padres are saying it didn't show the level of healing that they were hoping for, which is an interesting statement. Um, so his timeline has moved back. Uh, I guess it's still positive. He got cleared to take fly balls as before he was just only allowed to take ground balls. I don't know what that means at all. That's interesting. Um, Padres are successful without him. You know, they're at the top of the division still, I believe, uh, leading by a half game. Is that success sustainable? Oh, they're tied for the division, excuse me. Is that success sustainable uh, until he gets back? Or do they have to go make a move? I think they have to make a move. First of all, it's sad that Tatis isn't – baseball needs Fernando Tatis in it. He, it the, it's a better game overall to have highlights of him. I miss watching him play baseball. Um, so I hope he gets better on a weird whatever timeline that they have. 
but they do. They've been on the backbone of an amazing starting pitching rotation. Musgrove is incredible. Like he's taken, he's elite. Um, Manaya and who else? Um, Manaya Darvish are like a level underneath, but dominating. Um, Mackenzie Gore looks like the real deal. Blake Snell needs to step it up, but they're going to need some hitting outside of Manny Machado. They haven't had enough offense, I think, to be, you know, we just talked about Tony Gonsolin's Dodgers. They're amazing. The Giants and Kapler and Farhan, what those guys are doing, they're always going to be competitive. So I think they need at least one more offensive piece or some of those guys to step up uh, and be who they who they were supposed to be. Yeah, I think they could use a bat in the outfield. The shortstop position has been absolutely dreadful for them. Uh, between Kim and Abrams, Jerry, the slash line on the season, 170, 271, 257. Oh. That is very bad. Oh. Even if you're getting great defense, which Kim provides, you got to have at least some stick out there. You got to uh, have something. You're not getting on base. You're not getting any slugging. That's tough. I mean, that's a glaring hole with Tatis not there. It's a glaring hole. And I think, but if you're San Diego and, and if you're, you know, the front office on the team or even a fan of, uh, of the Padres, I think you can take a little bit of solace and be like, we're in first place without a top five player in baseball that we're going to get back at some point this season. And I think they're, they're being smart. Let's let this dude heal up a little bit. You got him for what, 13 more years or something? <laughs> like, let's make sure this dude is healthy. And I'm thinking more along the lines of like after the all-star break, seeming like that's what they're saying, which I'm fine with because that leaves enough baseball. Let this guy go to have some rehab starts, get some bats under his belt and then come back. And we know September is when it really matters. Okay. People will tell you, Oh, they all matter. But I get that. But like, if you got your team at full strength in September, that's what you really want. If you're still in the race. So having for September, having for the playoffs, I think we're going to see Fernando Tatis come back and he's never really had to play with a chip on his shoulder, right? Like he's kind of just been good his entire life. The only thing that's ever slowed him down have been injuries. So he's pissed. And I can't wait to see a very angry uh, yet jubilant Fernando Tatis Jr. Come back and play. And that, that NL West race, Jerry, I think is going to come down to, I, I don't think the giants are going anywhere. We know the Dodgers aren't going anywhere and the Padres can sustain it. Uh, up until he comes back, what a race that's going to be, dude. I can't what wait to watch What a race. It. Yeah, I'm excited for it, man. And again, like, I love watching Fernando Tatis play baseball. So, you know, you got to be patient for him. He's your guy forever, you know, 13 years, as you stated. Um, but I expect him to come in, and you hope that he's at full strength. The wrist, you, you would know more than I am, the wrist is basically everything when it comes to hitting, especially when you're not, like, just a pure muscle guy. He's a lot of motion. Um, but you know, when he's ready, which I think they'll, like you said, they'll be patient. I expect him to make a huge impact on, on the NL West race. That's going to be fun. Yeah. You got to make sure that thing heals up. Cause you're right. I mean, you're using that for everything in a baseball game. So, uh, good vibes, right? Good vibes for Nana Jr. Yeah. We'll send it out. Your Absolutely. Way. Moving on. This one's fun because you're a lefty pitcher and we have a banger of a matchup tonight in the Bronx. Um, it is Shane McClanahan versus Nestor Cortez jr. 
two lefties who are just absolutely dealing this year. Uh, our notes say two of the top three AL Cy Young candidates. And if you would have told us that before <laughs> the year, Jerry, Nestor Cortez Jr. And uh, Shane McClanahan will be those guys. I think we all would have said, no, that's, that's not going to happen. But it has happened. My question to you is, who will have more success tonight in the Bronx? Ah, tonight. Okay. Cause the, the question wasn't tonight. It was like just more success. I was like, that's so hyperbolic. There's so many things. Okay. You can answer uh, whatever but... you want, by the way, who cares? <laughs> yeah. I just want to hear your thoughts on these guys. I, first of all, lefty love. I love both of these guys. They do it in a different fashion. McClanahan's just pure electric stuff. Nasty movement with a hundred from the left side. Nestor Cortez still popping 93s but he's doing arm angles. He's messing with timing. He's mixing his pitches. Brilliant. It's like power versus the art and craft of pitching. Um, but tonight, Nestor Cortez does not have to face the Yankees lineup. And so I'm going to go with Nestor Cortez having more success because Shane McClanahan has to face some big boppers in the Bronx. That's such a good point. I was looking for any sort of like statistical point to give it to McClanahan. Pretty much every line you look at for both of these guys is is elite uh Nestor did have a, a tough start against the twins i think that's one of his only hiccups on the season so then i was like you know let's look up some splits let's look at how mcclanahan does on the road well mcclanahan's nasty on the road jerry <laughs> ops against on the road just want to take a guess uh 550 451 <laughs> i was like dude that's my point I'm taking that home. Then I was like, I better look up Nestor Cortez at home, what he's doing. 471 OPS against at home. So Jeez. if you think you're going to get offense tonight, you probably aren't going to get offense tonight. These two guys have figured it out. Whatever it may be, you did say these are two differing styles. Obviously, we know that. Nestor with the timing, the funk, the add, subtract, McClanahan with just the pure velo and movement nasty. I, I'm going to give it. To McClanahan. I'll be the contrary guy today. I don't think the Yankees have seen a pitcher like this yet, or lately at least. Okay. Like there's not many guys that are like this. So, you know, the Yankees feeling good. They're bopping. And this isn't any Yankee hate. You know, you know, I'm a Yankee kind of guy now. I work for a New York company. Actually, we're in a LA company. Jimmy always wants to point, uh, point that out. But I'll give it to McClanahan tonight. I think he just figures something out. But they're both going to be good. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if both these guys went into the seventh inning tonight. I'm with you. That's a win-win on either on either hand. Watch it be like a 10-9 ball game. Like, <laughs> totally Because, <could> be. <laughs> you know, baseball. So, uh, either way, I'm going to be tuned in. This is, this is must-watch baseball. And we'll see if Aaron Judge is actually a good player, right? Dan Work, he's finally going to face somebody good. Let's see <laughs> if he's actually a good player. I'm just kidding. The guy's a stud. Dan is looking at me like he wants to kill me right now. I haven't right seen now. a head snap that quickly in a long time. Usually his camera's off, and he just was like, how dare you say, even think about a bad word about the Yankees? Dan, I need you to chime in right now. Tell me what his current home run pace is, because I know you know it. All right, so two days ago, he was on pace for 66. He hasn't homered since that double homer game oh. he had on Saturday, so he's on pace now for 63. What a bum. So still well over pace to break the legitimate home run record, which is Roger Maris at 61. Okay, Jerry, there's a, there's a nice little lead in right there. What do you consider to be the actual home run record? Is it Roger Maris 61, or is it uh, Bond 73, Maguire 70, Sosa 60 millions of times? Is it the 73 or the Roger Maris 61? 
I mean, I, it's 73 to me. Um, Barry Bonds still did it. You know, I'm not going to, there's so many, you, there's too many options to go into that and, and figure out 61 is still very special. Um, like, you know, if you cross the 60 homer mark and, and pass Roger Maris, to me, it's still amazing. Um, but 73, Barry Bonds did it. Not only did he do it, he did it in, in Pac Bell Park at the time or AT&T Park. That, he would have hit a thousand home runs if he played in Yankee Stadium. That ballpark at night, like, doesn't the ball doesn't go anywhere, and he still hit 73. I think we could look that up. Is there, was there like, there probably wasn't a, the stat thing back then, stat cast back then. So I guess we can't look probably because right now you can look at whose homers are where, like, if they were going to be out of any ballpark. I mean, Barry it's, Bonds, Barry Bonds is, is, is amazing, but I do think there are, are some people who really do consider 61 to be the legitimate home run record just because of the steroid allegations, obviously. But what I will say to those people, and I did, I think I, I did agree to that a couple episodes ago. Then I started thinking, who knows what was going on back in the day? We both had played with guys or coaches that said, hey, make sure we had to make sure we drank from the right coffee pot. Yes, sir. Drank from the wrong coffee pot, got a bunch of greenies in you. You'd be awake for three days. So like amphetamines are illegal in today's game. And I'm not saying Roger Maris was hopped up on amphetamines. I'm saying back in the day, they had a lot of things that helped them out as well. Honestly, today's baseball is the cleanest it's ever been because of all the testing. You can't put anything in your body anymore. Yeah. People are still trying and people are still getting caught. It's, yeah. you know, I'm naive, man. Here, here's the thing. If you think that 61 is the record, then I, I'm not going to argue with you. That's how you feel. I'm okay with that. For me personally, like at some point you got to draw a line and I just, I'm over thinking about an era of steroids. And uh, you know, to me, put Roger Clemens in the hall of fame, uh, put Barry Bonds in the hall of fame and let's just move on. So we could talk about this modern era of baseball, which is amazing. Yeah, the counter to that, if you're a Barry Bonds truther, you can say, well, all the pitchers were doing it too. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, a lot of them. You don't, you know, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to go. I, that's an off-the-air discussion. I don't want to throw. <laughs> off-the-air discussion. <laughs> I don't want to get too deep, you know. Maybe There's we'll do some that names the in the Hall of Fame maybe. or about to be in the Hall of Fame that were what I would say are steroids guys that never got popped. Roger Clemens never failed the test. Barry Bonds never failed the test. And there's guys that, that – are in that did it like there's just there's nowhere to draw the line so i erase the line and we'll move on you erase that line okay just, I like yeah, that. just be All like right. whatever the guy's good enough to go in the hall of fame numbers wise let's put him in i don't want to hear it every time you know the ballot comes up i don't want to think about it anymore i hate it obviously i'm not i, I didn't cheat i i you know it wasn't a thing for me I, it and i said no but i didn't i didn't play in that era so I don't know how I would re, would have done. I like to say that I would say no to it, but I I I have no idea. So I'm just over it as far as a f overall discussion. But if you feel like you don't want any of those guys in, you're you have the right to do that, and I respect it. I just happen to feel differently. Nobody even offered me steroids. Like who offers you steroids? You have to go seek them on your own because I never yeah. did that. But nobody also was like, hey, bro, do you want some steroids? Do you see this body? Are you like, <laughs> hey, do you want to throw some muscle on for free? Like uh, I was like, you know, offended that I never got offered. I don't know. I'm just naive. Like I just go through <laughs> thinking everybody's like on the up and up until proven otherwise. Oh, I love that about you. All right. Let's let's uh, end this uh, portion of the show on a little bit lighter note. 
these guys want the story to die, but it's just too good. It's the story that keeps on giving. We're talking about Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham. Uh, apparently there were some shirts made and the Giants were wearing them on the field. And they said, fantasy football 101, stashing players on the IR isn't cheating. If you don't know the story, go Google it. Say Jock Peterson, Tommy Pham. Uh, it was the slap heard around the world. Uh, Fam responded to a, a Field Yates tweet saying, like, jokes on them. I have the IR rules, and I told Jock I was going to pimp slap him for breaking <laughs> the rules. And he did. Do you want to keep talking about this, or should we just, like, let this story go? It's pretty oh, funny to I, me, but I, I, I want to hear about you. I love the story. I love that fantasy football has got into the baseball world and <laughs> – Anytime you're talking about baseball, any press is good press. I love the t-shirts. It reminded me of when uh, Madison Bumgarner was yelling at Max Muncie, and then they came up with a shirt like, go get it out of the ocean. Yeah. Like, that's one of the best. You know, it reminded me of that. But I am, you know, I, I might be putting my life online saying this. I am over Tommy Pham being the tough guy. Like, I understand. You're tough. You're MMA guy. I guess you're a big shot in Vegas, whatever that means. Um, you signed up for a league, you quit. That's 101. You know, you quit a league, whatever the case may be. Also, violence is not okay. Like slapping a, a grown man, like that's assault, man. Like you think it's cool, it's not cool. If you think you're really tough, go to MMA and do your thing there. This is where sophisticated people are, are living a life. I love fantasy football, I play it all the time. I don't want to be in threat of getting my face like slapped on in national TV. Like it's just, I'm over Tommy fam acting super tough. Maybe it's not an act, whatever it is, but I think he needs to be an adult a little bit and, and grow up from there. Jerry, the voice of reason. I also agree. I, I am a little scared of Tommy. So <laughs> I think he is an actual tough guy. But I, agree. I agree with you. There's no place to go ahead and assault somebody on the baseball field, whether you told him you were going to do it or not. And I've been in these big money leagues before. Okay. Like it is stressful and you do want people to follow the rules. We don't know who's following the rules, who isn't following the rules. To me, I've done the same thing as Jock before. It's this kind of strategy, but if there were rules in place, um, I guess Tommy's got a point, but my overall point is Mike Trout, not a good commissioner. He should never run a fantasy football again. But if you have ever been a commissioner, you do understand it's, it's a thankless job, bro. It's a thankless job. So maybe just don't get involved, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. You need a commissioner to step in. Why would you think Mike Trout's going to be uh, a dialed in commissioner? I would be like, this guy has no worries in the world. He's not worried about your IR slots. <laughs> All he cares about is the Eagles, baby. How That's Eagles right. Today? Oh my gosh. So yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, Tommy Pham is probably a legit tough guy. There's a few rules that I have in my life. One of them is don't fight a guy with cauliflower ear. Uh, don't yeah. mess with him. And Tommy Pham, I don't know, but if he's rolling around doing jujitsu stuff and uh, he probably has a little bit as a marker, I'm not going to mess with him. But you're also a grown man in a in an industry that doesn't, you know, doesn't need you slapping other grown men uh, on the warning track. Yeah, I'll, I'll end the discussion with this. If you're about to fight someone, a good rule of thumb is to ask them if they've ever wrestled. <laughs> That's a good point. And if they have, just say I'm out. Yeah, I'm in Ohio here, the Midwest. This is where this is like a, a lot of high school wrestlers, like college. Yeah, I'm not messing with those guys. They're a different breed. 
they're a different breed. Uh, what do you got coming up on John Boy Media? Anything out? Uh, we just did a new Shea station yesterday uh, at the end of this one. And then I'll be coming to New York to do some pre and post ca- uh, post game stuff with uh, SNY. So if you're a Mets fan, you're in the area, uh, tune in. I'll be doing this whole weekend. Love it. Uh, we got a talking baseball out today. We talked about some relievers uh, that aren't getting enough shine. We talked about some starters who could be on the move. Uh, good show, good mid- midweek episode. So go check that out. Um, shout out Chris Rose. We miss you, buddy. But thank you, Jerry, for filling in. I'll be back tomorrow here with Jolly. The other half. The other half of Shea Station. Go follow Shea Station. Go watch it. Go listen to it. Uh, go do what you got to do. They do an excellent job there. Um, thank you to our amazing producer, Dan Rourke, Alden Stone for the questions today. Yes, sir. Uh, that'll do it. And I'll see you guys tomorrow at uh, 8.30 PST or 11.30 EST on YouTube or the AMP app. We'll check you guys then. See you.